Welcome to another episode of Dad is Not a Now, changing the narrative for men of color and fatherhood, as well as changing the narrative on the things I care about. And on today's episode of Dad is Not a Now, where Elvis got his voice, there was a video that went viral on social media that showed Elvis sounding similar to a soul singer, Roy Hamilton. I've never heard of Roy Hamilton, never heard of him, until I saw the video that went viral. I watched a documentary which is entitled Elvis the Rebirth of the King and it had me wanted to learn more about the man who influenced Elvis' voice. And no better way to learn about the life and legacy of Roy Hamilton is having a conversation with his son, Roy Hamilton Jr. Yes, I had the opportunity to talk to Roy Hamilton Jr. It was an amazing conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. Like, subscribe. You can also uh, find the channel on YouTube. Uh, all the links are above the YouTube channel. So check that out, support it, um, and enjoy the conversation. So for you, yeah, yeah. There whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here but that I am behind you But always got you, end of discussion, nothing means more First wanna offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake, cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded Prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still, I know, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, I've been down. Cause failing's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all. His musical hero, seen here in a rare movie appearance, was Roy Hamilton. An obscure R&B singer who greatly influenced Elvis's vocal style. Roy had a record called, I'm Gonna Hold On Tight and Don't Let Go. Well, I won't stop for a million bucks. I love you so. I just hold it tight and don't let go. I hold it tight and don't let go. Oh, 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 oh. Elvis goes, that's going to be the bottom part of my life. And Elvis just grabbed it, okay? So who do you think will win your house and your love? I'm in love. Uh, come on, sugar. Come on, sugar. Come Hamilton had managed to extend his career by abandoning the youthful energy of his early R&B hits for a measured string of ballads aimed at a more mature audience, as he demonstrates here in the movie Let's Rock. My father was an amazing balladeer. He had a great operatic gospel type style, a big booming voice. Walk over the rain. 
If Hamilton could do this, why not Elvis? So it was to the later Hamilton that the king looked for his own second coming. On the 10th of September 1967, Elvis booked into RCA's Studio B in Nashville with his producer Felton Jarvis to record the Rodgers and Hammerstein ballad, You'll Never Walk Alone, which had been a hit for Hamilton back in the 50s. Elvis took from my father is the big sound, the big voice, a strong vibrato. That gospel flavor, he just kind of adapted that style and uh, it worked. Welcome to another episode of Dad Is Not A Now, changing the narrative for men of color and fatherhood, as well as changing the narrative on the things I care about. And on today's episode, what I care about today is learning about a, a special, special man, a father, a husband that the world may not know, but uh, he went viral on social media. Um, and the quote said, the man who inspired of his voice. And I'm like, I wanna learn a little bit more about this man. And the more I learned about this phenomenal man, um, I'm like, I want to do a podcast about this man. And the man's name, Roy Hamilton. Uh, amazing singer. Uh, also, he was a boxer for not too long, but he was a boxer. And I'm truly humble and honored to have his son on, Roy Hamilton Jr. Roy Hamilton Jr. Sir, thank you for coming on. How are you doing? And how's your heart? Oh, it's a pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Uh, my heart is in good condition. Um, you know, I, I I try to work out and I walk a lot, you know, and, uh, you know, whenever possible, I work out a little. Okay. That's, that's awesome. And the reason why I asked this question is how's your heart? Because I'm a big advocate for men mental health. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a strong believer of you have to ask certain questions because sometimes as men, you know, we'll say how you're doing. And sometimes people don't mean it. Mm -hmm. And when you talk to them, it goes to one out ear and out the other. So when I say, how's your heart? I mean, like, like, how are you doing mentally? Um, like, uh, like, just how are you, how are you doing mentally, M mentally health wise? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. I, you know, I, I just think about it. Um, I think the, the, the most Thing that you could do uh, to keep your your health, your mental health, uh, in order is 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 be in touch with your creator. You know, um, just you know, I mean, reading is always good, and also knowing what your purpose in life is. You know, that's that's really most important to me. Uh, and I think that's important too. And to just. Uh, segue because you answered my second question of like, what do you do to improve your mental health? And you answered that question for me. So we're going to segue into the next question. When you talk about, you know, finding your purpose mm -hmm. 
And I think your dad found his purpose. Most definitely. In music. So like talk about, can you kind of talk about your childhood memory about your dad and his and his passion for music? Sure. Well, um, as a child, I remember um, doing a lot of things with my dad and when he, you know, took the time to take us places like the World's Fair and uh, places, you know, like of that nature. And one of my um, uh, recent uh, memories of uh, uh, most stick memories of him was when he we rang in the New Year together in uh, January 1969 uh, at the Nassau Beach Hotel. And uh, he, he brought me on stage and we sang together. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. It was an awesome day. Uh, so we rang in the new year. Uh, the Prime Minister Penland was there uh, at, of, of uh, Nassau, of the Bahamas, and uh, at the Nassau Beach Hotel. Uh, we rang in the new year that night and uh, we sang um, oh, When the Saints Go Marching In. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he usually, used, uh, he usually sang Don't Let Go along with that. So it was kind of like a medley. And uh, he, he gave me the mic and I sang along. I sang some of the words and um, they gave us a standing ovation. That is, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You, it's rarely you hear like like dads that's in that career, like take their sons on stage and sing. Um, do you think you from that moment that kind of builds your confidence as a singer? Cause you sing too. Oh yeah, it definitely did. I mean, I mean, I was, I was hooked from that, that moment on to to be like him, you know, to uh, to mimic him, and uh, I listened to a lot of his music and all, you know, yeah, I was I, I was like, man, it's like I want to be like him, you know. It was <laughs> was there the earliest recollection, like oh, I want to be like my. Was there like private moments? Do you remember, like as a child, that he would sing to you before you go to bed, or did you guys have those moments? father-son intimate moments where you guys just sung, sung to each other? Can you, like, do you remember? Well, it was, it's, it's really hard to remember a lot of things, but I do remember like if, uh, if he was home, you know, from off uh, the, the, um, the, the road, he would, he would, you know, talk, you know, uh, uh, teach me how to pray, you know, uh, help me with my prayers or, you know, tuck me into bed, you know, stuff like that, that nature. Um, yeah, those kind of were pretty distinct, you know. And like, what's uh, even though he he passed away at an early age, what some of the life lessons did you learn from him? I know, no, when he passed away, you were seven years old. But is there a life lessons he taught that taught you that you apply to your life as well as you teach your kids? Well, I think that one of the main things that he taught me, he said, he always used to tell me, make sure I took care of my mom, you know? And that was one of the things he used to always tell me before he went off to go on the road, take care of mommy, you know? And that was one thing that I always did, you know? I made sure, you know, anybody mess with my mom, it'd be like, you know, big trouble, you know what I'm saying? But I mean, I always looked out for her. Um, I would I would get up early in the mornings and I, uh, make breakfast for her and, and bring breakfast for her in bed, you know, and stuff like that. You know, those are the things, especially after my dad died, because that was really a big, uh, um, you know, heartbreak in her life. 
Definitely. And um, going back to mental health, like how were your your mom and, and you and the family were able to just navigate through life, um, losing your dad and then your mom losing, you know, her, her soulmate? Yeah, it was uh, it was really hard for everyone because my dad took care of the whole family. I mean, you know, help, you know, support financially and everything. And it was more than just our, our immediate family. It was uh, cousins and you know, friends, and you know what I mean. Everyone, everyone came to the house. You know, they would, they would, they would never go hungry or anything. If they needed something, my dad, you know, would always give them whatever they needed. Oh yeah, go in the pantry and get something. You know, and they would go shopping. You know, in the little pantry we had. You know, and 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 bring food back to their families and stuff. You know, to, you know, my cousins and everybody. Um, you know, he he, you know. Like I said, he was a really big support of the whole family. And if anybody ever needed anything, you know, my dad would definitely, you know, reach in his pockets to help, you know, whatever he, you know, he was a very big support and supportive to a lot. And, and, and like, I know uh, the big thing right now on social media is, you know, you know, Elvis being inspired by your father, like to a point where, you know, if you listen to, uh, a song from Elvis, he, you know, sounds like your dad. Um, the first time you heard Elvis, I don't know, like on TV, on a record, where you like, he sounds like my dad a little bit. Did you ever have one of those moments? Well, I think there was always a little buzz about, you know, around the house that, you know, Elvis, you know, emulated my dad. And he was, uh, you know, a big star. Uh, we used to watch a lot of his movies and listen to his music all the time. And I, I think I remember the first time I listened to Elvis was probably on one of the um, broadcasts on television, probably maybe the Ed Sullivan, or, you know. And um, yeah, he would be up there doing his thing. Yeah, well, you know, he did. He did get a lot of pointers from my dad, and but they were good friends. And I think that's important too. To, to talk about because again when you get a, a, a clip which was uh, 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 from a BBC documentary called Elvis Birth of the King you know you, you, you'll take a clip you'll post it and you know people run with it and then people create their own narrative um, so can you kind of talk about do you remember your father you know talking about Elvis kind of emulating him a little bit well, I mean, being that I was only seven years old, I could only think, but so many, uh, recollect so many things about what he said about Elvis. But I do remember when, um, after he visited um, the tour, you know, after he, he visited the record studio and he came back from Memphis, he, I remember him talking about and sharing pictures with us that uh, he, he had taken at uh, Graceland Mansion, you know, and and with Elvis, and that you know he he had no negative uh, points about Elvis at all. That you know he, they were good friends. He 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 emulated my dad. He uh um, he emulated my dad, and he also um took I said say took voice lessons from my dad. And and I think that's important too, because like I said, you know how the social media has a mind of its own. Yeah. You know, people are going to tell a whole narrative on something and they don't know the background of it. Right. You know what I mean? And so I think that's important to understand that too. And then also 
you know, going back to, I think it was the January 2nd, 22nd, 1969, where uh, Elvis came to the studio, uh, what's it, the American studio in Memphis. That's when they first met. Right. Um, and, you know, your Elvis is a, you know, a big fan of your dad. And one of the ways that Elvis showed his appreciation to your dad was he gave him a song called Angelica, mm-hmm. which would be on, unfortunately, like his last single. Right. So talk about hearing your dad singing that song, Angelica, you know, knowing the story behind that. Does that kind of give you different um, emotions about it? Because you got Elvis song and your dad singing an Elvis song. <laughs> well, yeah. So when, when they, uh, my dad was introduced to Elvis at Chips Moment Studios, uh, and uh, Elvis was uh, scheduled to to uh, record that evening, and my dad, of course, was recording during the daytime. So they had a whole bunch of songs slotted for my dad, and of course, a whole bunch of songs slotted for Elvis. So naturally, Elvis uh, wanted to meet my dad, and being that he was in the in the same hometown, you know, naturally he wanted. He was like, "Man, this is a great opportunity to finally meet my dad." Um, they went down there to the studio and, and it was like, uh, it was just such ma- so, so magical that, you know, Roy Hamilton and Elvis Presley in the same room together, you know, and he, he's, they uh, had a whole bunch of songs and everything slotted like, uh, um, Suspicious Minds. And, you know, my dad did a song called Hangups, which was similar to Elvis's, uh, um, um, that song he did, Caught in a Trap, or Suspicious Minds. Um, and they they used the same musicians and everything. So when Elvis got this particular song, he says, man, he says, well, I think, Roy, you could you could do a way better job than I could. And he he passed off the song to my dad. And naturally, I mean, the 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 emotion I get from hearing that song, it's, it's a sad song, really. Because for one thing, uh, it's like you, it's a, I would say it's like a missed opportunity to the person that you love them or, you know, care for them. And um, I think that uh, it's like, well, last night I meant to say, you know, I missed you through the day, you know, but I forget it. I never said it. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. So it's really a sad song, but, you know, my dad did an awesome job, I mean, singing that song. Yeah. yeah, he knocked it out of the park. He did an amazing job singing that. That you you when you hear that song, you just you you hear the the pain. Yes. Of what could have been. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, everything that my dad sang, he sang it with feeling. It's like I mean, wow. I mean, when you when you hear him singing something, you feel it too. That is so true. That is so true, man. And um, just talk about, um, you know, when your father passed and, you know, I read stories that, you know, Elvis, you know, you know, uh, he uh, sent flowers. Was it to your mom or your grandmother every month? Just to just show respect to the family? Yes. Yeah. He sent flowers to my mom uh, for like six months after my dad passed away. But that's how much he, he cared about my dad. He almost considered my dad as a brother. Wow! But he lost his his brother, uh, you know, you know, years uh, after, you know, before, you know. So 
he kind of figured, you know, that he he was close to my, I think I, I would feel that Elvis thought my dad was close to him, as close to him as a brother. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And um, talk about the, um, just like the, over, over time, did you, did they, did he try to keep in contact with the family before Elvis passed away or was it just, just sending the flowers as a, just a, uh, monthly, but th- was there any, com- any communication? Oh yeah. Well, he sent like telegram, you know, telegrams, you know, at the time it, they had the telegrams at the time and he would send something like telegram or, you know, condolences to the family and this and that. And he, you know, he'd sent the flowers and also he helped, uh, you know, with the funeral arrangements to help my dad, you know, my mom bury my dad because my father was, uh, you know, had some, um, financial difficulties, because he he found out he owed the government a lot of money. Mm. My um, my father's manager and the accountant didn't well they didn't file his income tax properly, and sending wow. the money. So he ended up owing the government, even though he had he would pay in money, but he was also uh, you know trusted in his uh, his manager to do that, and they failed to do that. And when he found out he owed the government a lot of money, that kind of put a lot of pressure on him. And um, they um, they came and they foreclosed on our house and all kinds of stuff. It was really terrible, you know. So that that put a, a lot of pressure on him, and that's probably one of the reasons it passed away because of, you know, the heartbreak of uh, you know all of that, you know, after working so hard, you know, and especially um, knowing that found it out that he owed the government one hundred seventy nine thousand dollars, right? Probably pretty much all he had, and uh, you know. In his bank account or whatever, you know what I mean, rather, you know. So. Yeah, and it, and it's just crazy, like like the people that you think you trust, you know, mm-hmm. you would think would be doing the right thing, and they weren't. Absolutely, and that's mm-hmm. what happened. Um, and after that, and um, you know, my dad, he had high blood pressure, and uh, you know, I think he he drank a little. Not very excessively, but yeah. and smoked at, at at one time. So with that, and you know, with the hypertension and building, you know, he had a cerebral hemorrhage, which caused a blood vessel to bust in his, you know, in his brain, and that's what took him out. Wow, wow. And like, how when you heard that new the news, like, like how was how was that feeling like, like? I can't imagine, you know, I can't, I, I, you know, that feeling is like, but, but how was that, that feeling like was to hear that new, to hear that news? Oh man, telling me it was like devastating to hear. For one thing, we was already concerned about it because the night the ambulance came to take him out of the house, it was like, man, you know, call the ambulance because dad is, you know, in some serious condition right now. He couldn't even lift his head. I mean, he did lift his, like, right. bloodshot red and he was like, right. You know, things was really happening. So they took him to the hospital, Nourishell Hospital. And, uh, you know, we were all there wondering and crying and carrying on because, you know, dad is sick, you know. So anyway, once he got there and everything, and he was, I guess he was conscious for a little while, but slowly he started going into a coma. And um, we were able to, they would, well, we wanted to visit and they brought us to the hospital, but they wouldn't let us go up there into the intensive care area because we were kids. And so 
Um, it was, I think, maybe he had gotten a chance to see him before, you know, they had, you know, pulled the plug on him or whatever, you know, and it was like, you know, it was like one of the worst feelings that could ever, you know, come across as a, as a child because, you know, losing your father is like, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. And matter of fact, that same day, it was, uh, they had landed on the moon. Right. And so with that, some people, you know, that kind of like uh, shadowed over the fact that, you know, my dad, you know, was a famous, you know, and so famous, but some people didn't even know he had passed away. Right. And uh, that kind of overshadowed, you know, the fact that he had passed away. And, um, but I mean, it might've been one of the, one of the most exciting moments in, in, in humankind history that, you know, man walked on the moon, but it was the first day in my life, I'll tell you that. And I can imagine that, you know, being seven years old and then your mom losing her soulmate. Um, like any, uh, did any of the artists that he influenced reach out to the family? Well, yeah, well, B.B. King is my um, my godfather, you know. You know, he was always, uh, well, they toured together and, and, and were good friends. So he was one of the one of the one of the entertainers that helped, you know, with with my dad's funeral arrangements, and uh, Elvis as well. Um, uh, it was uh, Brooke Benton and uh, Clyde Otis was another one of his uh, his uh, you know friends, and and they worked together as a musical team, right. and um, you know he influenced a lot of other artists as well. You know, but they all chipped. They chipped in to help a lot. But you know what? It it was a little it, a little while before my my dad had a, a headstone because oh, wow. expensive. You know that um that that he hadn't even had a headstone for for a little while. Wow. Wow. That's how that's how tight it was. You know. So I don't know really. I don't really know. I mean, being that I was only seven years old, I didn't have all the details. But right. you know, rumor has it that that a, a lot of people came to help and. Um, you know, help chip in to help bury my dad. And it's important to understand um, um, that people that's listening, that how impactful your dad was to a lot of artists, that they came together to, to, to give your dad a proper burial, especially having a headstone. Right, right. So uh, we're standing at the uh, casket and Al Hibbler came up to me and said, <laughs> he said, oh man, I loved your father. You know, he was like tears pouring down, you know, and gave me a big hug, you know. So, you know, those are some of the memories, I mean, I've, I've had, uh, you know, of my dad. But, you know, like I said, that was one of the worst days of my life. I mean, it was even raining that day. Wow. It was terrible, you know. But, uh, you know, the life goes on, you know. I mean, um, I think I turned out all right. <laughs> No, you you definitely did, man. You 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 know you carved yourself musically as an artist yourself. Just just being just you know you know amazing person, being an amazing dad. So you know you pretty you pretty did pretty well for yourself. And you know your mom and your dad. I'm proud of you, man. Like they they def, definitely they're probably saying that all the time in heaven. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, you know, I think my mom, both of them had a big uh, part in in developing me as a child. And um, that just gave me enough, you know, to, you know, to just continue to carry on, you know. And, of course, you know, um, 
when I got married um, in 1979 um, to my lovely wife, Maria. And uh, we, we, we ended up having three sons. And as a father, you know, um, you know, work to teach them about their musical legacy and um, to, you know, like, like I said, you know, take care of your mom, you know, and um, work hard to, you know, to get somewhere in life. And we continue to encourage them, you know, and let them listen to the music, uh, my dad's music. And I mean, whatever they was in the car, they heard Roy Hamilton, you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> they, that, that was like number one. And I think that's important. And then um, also, you know, I think was it going back to 2007, you know, you started this campaign to, you know, get your dad in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, um, you know, and I think that's one way to keep your father's legacy alive and let people let people know, hey, my dad influenced a lot of people, you know, like, right. you know, you, you like you listen to Elvis, you can you hear you hear my dad in Elvis voice. So just talk about that, um, the, 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 the campaign. Right. So like you said, when everybody when people hear Elvis says, man, well, Roy Hamilton, they said, man, that sounds like Elvis. You know, I said, no, that's, that's not Elvis. That's Roy Hamilton. What you, or, or, what you doing listening to Elvis or whatever? <laughs> oh, that's Roy Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> but it is what, it, you know, it, it, you know, he, he was just so amazing. But, you know, like, like I was telling you earlier, well, we had started the campaign in uh, 1998. Okay. But, you know, was, we was always watching the Rock, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on television. I said, man, 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 maybe dad will get inducted this year. So, but you know, we weren't really, you know, uh, we didn't know anyone from there or whatever, but then every, every year they would bring somebody up. Oh man, these, all these, you know, artists are getting nominated and, and getting, you know, inducted into the hall of fame. So it's like, man, Susan, so we, it, it dawned on us, Maria and I just said, well, you know what, if, if, if he's going to get inducted, we're going to have to do something, you know? So we just started that uh, website, you know, and of course, you know, I started doing more show uh, songs and, you know, doing talent shows and this and that. And, and I would, we would mention about my dad and, and, you know, oh, tell me a little bit more, you know, what, what, what we find more information about it. And so we launched the website and then we added the petition so that people can, can know more about it. And so like, what's, what's the, the goal amount to, to, what's, what's the, what's the goal to reach? Oh, how many? How many? Yeah. Oh well. Um. Once you sign the petition, I get. I. I, I figure as many as possible. You know, because I mean, it's really no limit. Because I mean, we're just going to keep on, keep on, keep on until they acknowledge and and say, oh, okay, he he's deserving to be in here. And and a lot of the criteria is that he had influenced uh, some other great influences, such as Elvis. I mean, you know, Elvis is one of the biggest influences that he had. I mean, as as well as. A lot of the other artists too, as well. So has ha, has the Elvis estate like contact like contact you to help you push this, to, to 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 tell this narrative about how your dad was a major influence in Elvis music career? Uh, no, no. We haven't really had contacted directly with uh, you know Priscilla or or Lisa Marie, but. Um, no direct contact as yet, but I mean, you know, I'm sure they've heard little things, you know, about, you know, about what it is we're trying to do. But you know, like I said, we've always just tried to uh, 
to represent my father in a positive light, you know. And any um, anything that came came down the pike about Elvis and how he, you know, stole or emulated, you know, is I, I would say emulated my dad, but not stolen, because he, like I said, Elvis, had, uh, he was very uh, talented, very talented. And I mean, if he didn't have it in him, he couldn't do it. That's true. People could really, you know, really get those notes out like like my dad, you know, and even even up to today, I don't think it's not many people. Think. And I and I totally agree with you because like hearing his music, it's like his voice is like it's almost hard to duplicate that voice. Yeah. You know, you have to be a rare talent to emulate your dad's voice. Like, like when you talk about artists who has a distinct, unique voice that's hard to emulate. I think of like Donny Hathaway, like, right. like Donny Hathaway had his own unique sound. Like I've heard people singing Donny Hathaway songs. They were good, but there will never, there will never be anyone that'll be close to emulating that sound. And I would say the same thing about your dad, like listening to your dad music. It's like, it's like, it's, it's pretty, pretty impossible to, emulate that sound um uh but uh before we end this amazing conversation um talk about what what is your favorite what's your favorite song by your dad well i think my favorite one i mean there's so many songs that he sang and sang so well i mean i would i would say you'll never walk alone would be my favorite one of course that's the one that launched his career and um the lyrics and you know, and the meaning of that song is, you know, when you walk through a swamp, storm, hold your head up high and don't be afraid of the dark, you know. At the end of the storm is a golden sky, and you know, and the silver song of a lark, you know. So, I mean, that really puts, the, you know, that into perspective that, you know, I mean, just walk on, you know, you know, with hope, you know, and you never walk alone. And that's so true, so true. And this was definitely a Golden Sky conversation. <laughs> I appreciate you for jumping on. Um, before we end the, the this, this amazing conversation, can you let people know the, the website, the link where they can go to to support, you know, getting your dad in the Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Right. So to find out more information about Roy Hamilton, go to www.royhamilton.com. And I have a website, RoyHamiltonJr.com, and uh, I've I've got a lot of songs on uh, on the um, the web now and um, the, all the um, uh, music platforms, so you can check me out too as well. And of course, I mean, if you if you streamed on the uh, YouTube, you see me up there somewhere. <laughs> That's right, and all those links will be in the description below. Uh, Mr. Hamilton Jr., thank you for your time. I appreciate you coming on, um, and we're out of here. Have a good night. Peace. Awesome. <laughs> so for you, yeah, yeah.
there whenever it matters And even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you Here but that I'm behind you But always got you In the discussion Nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders For what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world Until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever So don't ever you fret Know that you covered Not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you Fully loaded, prepare you For all of the above that I'm never letting get near you But still in all, give you every advantage I found Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown And since the baton was passed, I've been down Cause failing's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all My message to any dad, man, first off, know that yeah, it, it is a hard job But it's the greatest job in the world I wouldn't trade it for anything I wouldn't change anything about it Everything you're doing from here on out If it didn't have purpose before, now it has purpose. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Just be a dad.